Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. Amen. All right, I count it a privilege to get a chance to share with you today um, in the absence of our pastors who are away on vacation. I mean, I, I know they're having a good time, and I hope they're having a good time because when they get back here, it's a lot of work to get done, right? So I know they're having a good time, but we just pray for them that they will be fully renewed and recharged and refreshed when they get back here. Amen. So today we're going to talk about Acts and Acts. So I came up with this quirky idea, right? Which one of these acts do you think I'm talking about today? Is it acts the the deodorant? When I was at youth, you know, when you have the axe on, you know you're you're a hot dude at that point, okay? I'm I'm sure no is not the same thing. Or the axe on my left. And on your right. Right? Which one do you think? The one on the right, right? Yeah, that's what I think too. Well, when I told my wife that I was going to do that, she was just like, eh. Like, seriously? <laughs> she, she's not here today because both kids um, are, are down. They started daycare this week. And as you know, with daycare, um, they catch the cold. It, it is a never-ending story. So pray for us. When they are sick, the whole house is noisy because they never stop. Amen? All right, let's get into the word. Let's turn our Bibles to Elijah 6, 1 to 7. Elijah 6, 1 to 7. Amen. Praise the Lord, Sister Debbie is awake. Glory to God. Glory to God, Sister Debbie. So, Second Kings 6, 1 to 7. The word of the Lord coming through us. It's going to be from Second Kings 6, 1 to 7. Praise the Lord. I was just testing there. Just testing. Just testing. All right, let's stand to our feet as we, we read the word of God. And he says, The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan, where each of us can get a pole, and let us build a place for us to meet. And he said, Go. Then one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe had fell into the water. Oh no, my lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. 
Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. Today we're going to talk about where did it fall? Where did it fall? Tell your neighbor while you're sitting, where did it fall? Ask them, where did it fall? Where did it fall? Amen. Amen. You can sit. I don't plan to stay too long before you today. I know it's the summer and people get hot, so I try not to stay too long before you today. But I must admit that when I started, when I read the scripture, and when I looked at the topic that Pastor left for me to share with you today, my first response was, what? Really? Where did it fall? Talking about an axe head that fell into the Jordan River? How possibly could this relate to us in the 21st century? How does an axe fall in the Jordan River and that surrounding story apply to us as individuals and as a church? It took a good amount of rereading and studying this text for me to grasp the richness of the text. Today I want to share with you a few life lessons that we can take from this text and apply it to our lives and our and as a church. So let's go back to the text. It says, The company of the prophet said to Elijah, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. In other words, Elijah and these young prophets, those guys that he has been training, have been meeting in a certain place. Um, theologians say they were meeting in Jericho. They were meeting in Jericho first, but they were growing so fast that they had to move because it was getting tight. For them there. So they said, let us go down to the Jordan. And the Jordan, it is said, there was a lot of good trees, good timber down in the Jordan. And so they said, let's go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole, get a piece of stick, get lumber, in, in essence. Let us build a place for us to meet. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? And Elijah said, he replied, yes. And he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. And then there is this thing that happened to this young prophet. His axe head fell into the river. Into the water. And instantly as the axe fell off, he cried out to, the, to, to Elisha and he said, Oh no, my Lord. He cried out. It was borrowed. Not only did he lost it, it was also borrowed. The accent here represents the tools that we require to get the job done. The tools we require to get the jobs done. On all of our jobs, I'm pretty sure we all require tools. As an accountant, I know I cannot function without a computer. I have to have a computer. My job gives me one that I keep at home, and there's one that I work, use at, at, at work. So I need a computer to execute my task efficiently and effectively on a daily basis. For a nurse or a doctor, they have a stethoscope. And I'm sure when you go to the doctor, you will always see them with a stethoscope around their necks. Or a nurse will have it. And in Jamaica, they say if you go to the doctor and you don't get sound, if they don't use the stethoscope, then the doctor is not good. So they always have a stethoscope, and it's required to take care of their patients. Amen? You see, the prophet in this story, he could not cut down the trees in order to make the log cabin by merely speaking the cabin into being. 
He couldn't cut, the, cut down the trees using a shovel or a piece of stick to cut down the trees. He needed the sharpness and he needed the power of the axe blade to cut through the trunk and fall the tree. I submit to you today that as individuals and as a church, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to live in and work through us in order for us to serve the Lord and accomplish the task that he has for us to do. We need the power of prayer, that constant communication with God, seeking direction in our lives and for our church in order for us to fulfill the purpose that the Lord has for us as a church. At the beginning of the year, we all had the First Start series. Remember the First Start series? Where we looked at, we talked about First Start, remain and abide. First Start, serving others. First Start, dollars and cents. First Start, the road to resolution. Do you think we can accomplish any of those goals without the power of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely not. Do you think we can, absol- we can, we can accomplish those goals without, the, without praying to the Lord, seeking His face, seeking direction? Absolutely not. Do you think as a church we can grow without the power of God? I don't think so. Do you think we can get a building without the power of God, working in those officials at the, at, at the municipality? I don't think so. We cannot accomplish anything without the power of the Lord working in us. When we don't have the power of the Lord working in us, we cannot accomplish anything. The devil will absolutely have us for supper, dinner, breakfast, everything. We will be defeated. So we have to make sure that we stay in tune with God. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The most important thing there is the through, the word through, which, is, which means, by means by the means by which we accomplish something. We can only accomplish our goals, our purpose in this life if we submit to Christ and if we give him all the glory, if we allow him to work in us and if we allow him to work through us. That is the only way we can accomplish those goals. Amen? Amen. So, let us, so let's take a few minutes now and look at three life lessons that we can learn from the text that we just read. There's three lessons we can learn from the text that we just read. And the first one I think we can learn from this text is what I call the power of acknowledgement. The power of acknowledgement. In verse 5 of the scripture, as soon as the young prophet realized that the axe head fell, he cried out. Because he acknowledged that he could not continue to work cutting down the trees without the axe head. He acknowledged that he lost his tool, that he lost his power. The first step in getting back on track in order for us to succeed of our goals for 2012, whatever they might be, because some of us have spiritual goals, and we should have both goals actually. We should have spiritual goals, we should have physical goals, whether you know, it's to lose weight for me, I'm planning to lose 10 to 15 pounds this year. 10 to 15 pounds. How, how much have I gone since January? 
Glory to God. I'll keep that to myself. Two pounds, thereabout. But I'm working. Amen, I'm working. But we have physical goals to lose. We have spiritual goals. Some of us want to go deeper in the world, deeper in Christ, deeper in the things of God. We want to probably ex- um, get some more gifts that the Lord has in store for us. We're not satisfied with just speaking in tongues. We might want to be able to interpret tongues. And that those are goals that we have, but what I find is that sometimes when you get, reach the midpoint, we forget about those goals. I don't know about you, but I forget about goals. One of my goals this year was to do a Bible course with some college or university. I haven't started yet, but I still have six more months. Amen? But I'm going to be working on that one. We also have physical goals, financial goals. Goals to whether it's to get on budget, whether it's to save X amount of dollars for the year, whether it's to be a more consistent giver. But we all have goals that we have. We have to recognize that we lost our way. It's important for us to take a step back, stop, look on where we are and see and say, you know what? I have lost my way. And it's time to get back on track. Amen? Not only do we have to acknowledge that we lost our way, we also have, have to acknowledge that all that we have is borrowed from God. Say borrowed from God. Borrowed from God. In verse 5 of the scripture, the young prophet cried out to Elijah saying, I lost the axe and worst of all, it's not mine. Mine, it was borrowed. I don't know about you, but it's a sickening feeling when you lose something that you borrow. It is a sickening feeling. I remember a couple of years ago, I borrowed my cousin's bicycle and I rode it to church. Church, right? And I parked the bicycle at the back. I came out of church and I looked around, I looked to the left, looked to the right, I looked down, and there was no bicycle. And I tell you, I had a sickening feeling because I, I knew I had to buy back this bicycle. It was my first month of work. I had no money. So I know, wow, that's the right word. Wow. I need to pay to buy back this bicycle for my cousins. But it's a sickening feeling. This young, young prophet here who, 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 who is being mentored by Elisha, he lost the axe. And worst of all, he realized that it was borrowed, which made it even worse. All that we have, I submit to you, is from the Lord. First Corinthians 4, 7 says, For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you do not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Brothers and sisters, all that we have, our spiritual gifts, our academic qualifications, our earthly possessions, our homes, our cars, our jewelry, our clothes, they are all borrowed from God. And they are not ours. We need to recognize that all that we have belongs to Him. Amen? Miracles begin when we all recognize that all that we have is borrowed from God. Romans eleven thirty six says, For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. Let us never forget that all that we have is borrowed from Christ. Amen? Amen. The second lesson we can learn from this text is the power of repentance. It's said the power of repentance. The power of repentance. You see, when Elisha came to, to the young prophet, his first question after hearing of the situation was, where did it fall? 
where did it fall? And this required the young prophet to indicate to Elijah exactly where he lost the axe. He had to fess up and say, listen, Elijah, in order for you to perform your miracle, that's where the axe fell. That's where the axe fell. The question I have for you today is, where did you lose your edge? Where did you lose your power? Where did you lose the fire in your belly to serve God? Where did you, when and where did you lose your passion for Christ? That passion you had when you just got saved, when you really wanted to minister to people, you really wanted to share your word with someone else. When did you lose that passion? When did you get the right to serve God with mediocrity when it is just going through the motions? When did you lose the fire to really put your all, 100% into serving the Lord? For some of us, it's when did we lose the desire to intercede for our families and our friends? When did we start thinking that it's okay not to pray for our family, our friends were not saved? When did we stop? When did we lose our joy? Some of us, we have lost our joy, the joy of serving Christ. When did we lose that joy? That's the question that we have to ask. We have to confess our need and also our fault to Christ. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and he will forgive us of our sins. And he will also purify us from all unrighteousness. Some of us, we have to go back to the Lord and say, listen, take me back to the place when I first met you. Take me back to the place where I was passionate about you. Take me back to the place where the Holy Spirit was really moving in me and through me. Take me back to the place when I felt as if I could do all things through Christ. Take us back to that place. When we lose our way with Christ, we have to repent. And we have have to find our way back to him. Father, I just pray that we will, the Lord will give us the grace to approach his throne boldly in prayer and just to seek his forgiveness for us dropping the ball so many times. So many times we drop the ball and we need to go back to the Lord and say, listen, Lord, forgive me for dropping the ball in this situation, in this circumstance. Amen? He surely wants to put us back on track. And the final lesson we can learn from this text, in my view, is the power of the cross in performing miracles. The power of the cross in performing miracles. In verse 6 of the text, the Bible says, When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. That's a very odd thing to do, right? You would agree. To throw a piece of, cut a piece of stick and throw it in the river, in the water, and the iron accent float. I don't know if you all know an accent, but I know I have thrown a couple axes in my time. But that's a very heavy thing. It's pretty heavy. So for the accent to float by Elisha throwing a stick, I'm pretty sure that you will all agree that that is not something that is done naturally. 
that is not that's beyond that 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 de, that defies the laws of gravity. A small stick causes an accident to float. I'm sure you will agree that that must be a miracle. That is a miracle that took place at that point in time, because there is no way that the accident can float. But to me, the accident here represents Christ Himself, Christ on the cross. To, Eli, to, 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 to Moses, for instance, the rock represented Christ. But in this case here, I think the stick here represents Christ. And what we find here is that when, when Elisha put the stick in the water, miracles took place. Same, the same way it is with us. When we allow Christ to work in us and come into our lives, that's when miracles take place. That's when he, miracles take place. So therefore, if there's anyone here today who you have lost something and you want to get it back, you're at the right place. Because Jesus is here. Amen? Amen? And guess what? He's not only here, but you can call on him. You can call on him. You don't have to call on your friends. You can call on Jesus. You don't have to call on your pastor. You can call on Jesus. You don't have to call on Christians, you can call on Jesus. You just need to reach out to him today and call on him. And he will come and he will rescue you from whatever circumstances you are in. He will rescue you. He will restore unto you whatever you have lost. Whatever you feel that you have lost in this life, he can restore it to you. If you need your marriages back on track, call on Jesus. If you need your finances back on track, call on Jesus. If you need your health back on track, call on Jesus. If you need your prayer life back on track, call on Jesus. If you need your devotional time back on track, call on Jesus. If you need a wife or a husband, call on Jesus. Whatever you need today, I don't know what you need, but I know what I need. But if we can go back to the place where we just say, Jesus, I need thee, oh, I need thee. I am sure he will show up. And when he shows up, miracles take place. Miracles take place. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, give him, give him a little bit of praise. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. So in closing, one of the things that you would, when I, when I was looking at this text and I was just, you know, looking at it and just thinking about it, one of the things that it didn't mention to me was it didn't mention anything about what happened before the axe fell off. I have, you know, as I said, I've threw up a couple of axes in my life. And one thing you will always know is when the axe head is getting slack. The axe head is getting slack. You kind of feel it. It's not that strong anymore. It's not that, that powerful anymore. You know, there's some slackness coming in. And for some of us here, you know, our axe head may, have, may not have fallen off totally yet. You know, we're still here. We're still serving the Lord. But we can sense a little bit of slackness coming into our lives. 
a little bit of slackness coming into our Christianity, our walk with God. You know, we, we have taken some stuff for granted. We, we tend to forget, you know, the reverence that we had before for the Lord. We just don't have it anymore. That's what I call a little bit of slackness coming in. You know, we are letting, opening up, up the door for the devil to come in into our lives. And we, we, we kind of feel a little bit of slackness coming in. We feel like we, we, you know, we are not too, too, we're not too, too strong in the Lord, but we are, at the same time, we're not really too far from Him. You know, we kind of look warm like the church in Revelations, you know, where we need a hot nor cold. I don't know if that's you today, but if that is you, this message is also for you too. You don't have to wait until the accent fall off for you to cry out for help. Amen? You don't have to wait until the accent falls off. You don't have to wait until you have lost your joy totally before you cry out for help to Jesus. You don't have to wait until you have lost everything to cry out to him. But you can cry out to him when you feel a little bit of slackness coming in into your life. So, as I close, if there's anyone here and you're saying, you know what? I have lost my accent. I have lost the tools that I need to get the job done. I have lost the tools that I need to be an effective Christian. I have really lost it. And I'm going to cry out today and I'm going to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to give me back that power. Give me back the tools that I need to get your job done. Then, if you feel so impressed, then you can stand and come to the altar. Or if you are one of those, like I am, who feel like there's a little bit of slackness coming in. You know, the accent is not fully on, or it's not fully off, or it's not really off, but it's a little bit slack. And if I'm not careful, I may lose it. I may lose it. If I'm not careful, it could kill me. It could steal everything that I have had over the years. If that's you too, when you feel like, you know what? I want to cry out to the Lord because I want him to tighten the screws in my axe. Then you can also stand and you can, if you feel so led, you can come to the altar. But let's, let's go to him today because it is when we go to Jesus Christ that the miracles take place. And, and I'm a firm believer that the Lord is still in the business of taking care of his people. I'm a firm believer that he is still a powerful God who, who, who can work miracles, who can still look at the sick and say you will be healed. Look at people who are depressed or people who are, 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 are struggling with different situations and say, listen, you are healed. The Lord can still come into our marriages and say, and fix it somehow when we have given up and any fixing taking place. The Lord can still come into our lives as Christians and take out all of the dirt, all of the muck out of us and give us a pure heart. Those are all miracles. He is still working in us and He is still in the business of making His people whole.
Father, we just thank you for your word today, Lord God. And we just pray, oh God, that you will just continue to work in us and through us this week, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give him a big, 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 big. Big God. He is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is worthy. He is worthy. Here I am to say.